0: Presentation, so let's review them SIP 229 for the synth optimism bridge was discussed as it was implemented a while ago, but has been paused pending internal reviews Caleb was concerned that this would not be considered a standard bridge because there's protocol debt associated with each susd Currently there are no limits on transfer volume which could be resolved by sip 230 for universal circuit breakers or another sip DB thinks this should be separate, since SIP230 is already approved and ready to deploy. Caleb also brought up a new SIP he wrote, SIP258, to improve the pricing of atomic swaps by incorporating directionality of the trade into the Uniswap pricing methodology. This SIP aims to reduce fees while also facilitating more competitive fills. Caleb said this will hopefully allow for more precise trading that is more fair to traders and stakers and should lead to more volume. The council also discussed issues such as the SUSD peg, C ratio, and staking ratio. Right now, SUSD is trading at a bit of a premium. This isn't as much of an issue on L1 because when SUSD is trading high, so is SETH, so the pair ratio is about the same. There may be a routing issue with 1inch, possibly that it's routing through Uniswap instead of Curve. The council proposed some solutions to this, including lowering the C ratio, changing L1 loan parameters, or increasing LUSD wrapper fees. Terabellus is opposed to using wrappers to fix the peg, and thinks the willingness to use them could be an issue in the future. Everyone else on the other hand agreed that wrappers are the most effective way to fix the peg, and changing the loan parameters wouldn't guarantee the desired result. Lastly, Kane proposed reducing the C-Ratio to 300%, which the entire council was against. He also proposed reducing the target staking ratio in SIP202 to 55% as a way to start reducing inflation. The target ratio was a configurable parameter in the original SIP, and since the current ratio is 65%, setting the target to 55% would trigger a gradual decrease in inflation. After the call, several SIPs were presented. The first was SIP255 to redistribute SUSD fees on L2. This SIP was presented by DB and proposes changing the SUSD fee distribution to send additional SUSD to L2, where the amount is proportional to the amount of SNX on L2. The primary concern is that the logic of this SIP assumes no fees are generated on L2, which is not true, and this creates a fee distribution imbalance. A possible solution to this is to make the distribution from L1 to L2 an SCCP configurable value. There was some discussion on this SIP and Khfif reiterated his position that any fix other than a fully equitable distribution of fees is not a step forward. Daniel initially said he would have voted yes for this SIP but was surprised by the fee generation data on both networks, specifically that L1 fees were not always higher than L2 even after atomic swaps. Ali also brought up that this adds to the V2X scope and any additional resources spent on V2 could create V3 delays. The next presentation was SIP 252, for the liquidation of SNX escrow. Caleb presented this SIP explaining that it will update the SNX liquidation functionality laid out in SIP 148 to allow SNX escrow entries to be liquidated in addition to SNX tokens held in accounts. Escrow at SNX would not be eligible for self-liquidation. It would however be eligible for forced liquidation if the account was flagged and there was not enough transferable SNX to cover the cost. Vesting entries eligible for liquidation first would be the ones closest to being unlocked. Daniel asked what the gas costs looked like for these liquidations, and Arthur said it's almost a million more in gas to liquidate accounts with escrowed entries. Once the SIP is deployed, approximately $3 million in SNX would be eligible for liquidation immediately. The last presentation was SIP 257 for a debt ratio futures market. This SIP proposes creating a futures market for the synthetics debt share price for capital efficient debt hedging. Arthur explained that this will allow smaller stakers to hedge debt using this market and pay the funding rate premium to larger stakers who are able to hedge externally. It's more capital efficient because it uses leverage and the proposed parameters are pretty defensive for rollout. So if there's any behavior that looks concerning, it can be wound down and retired. In Grants Council updates, the team had a productive planning meeting last week, giving JVK a thorough introduction to the ins and outs of Synthetics grants. JVK will be jumping right in to help with a few ongoing initiatives, including the Hero Stats page and NFT project. The team also discussed a new issue that was brought to their attention. The tipbot only allows one wallet to tip at a time, which is an issue when the grants council member who is managing that wallet is unavailable. They are exploring other ways to tip, including a personal tip and reimbursement process. The tips are currently in SNX, but they are considering an SUSD tip as well. On another note, the wrapper UI is very close to completion. As a reminder, this project will give users an uncomplicated and aesthetically pleasing way to use wrappers, rather than having to interact directly with the smart contract to use them. This UI will allow more users to take full advantage of this feature. In ambassador updates, the team laid out some goals that they have for the upcoming epic, including advocating for a new seat to better fill the large demand for inbound and outbound partnerships, developing a more formalized process for onboarding potential integrators, advocating for a one-time integrations budget, expanding the reach of the synthetics Ambassadors onto YouTube, and creating a new and improved ambassador website on Notion. The ambassadors also hosted a spartan space last week with One Inch, where we got to hear from caleb and kirill caleb of course works for synthetics on the product side focusing on optimization and market fit and kirill is the lead backend engineer for one inch and started in crypto through hackathons 15 of which he won with his team he joined one inch in 2020 and is currently developing a dex aggregator Caleb explained how atomic swaps was proposed and implemented as a solution to the latency caused by swaps previously on Ethereum, which were done using Chainlink as the oracle price feed. The preference is obviously for transactions to execute in a single transaction, rather than two transactions separated by six minutes. Uniswap v3 provided an additional accurate oracle because bots are incentivized to arbitrage price discrepancies. This allowed them to combat latency issues, and the combination of the two oracles, Chainlink and TWAP, made atomic swaps possible. And what was the end result? High volume transactions at oracle prices with zero slippage. Kirill describes the integration saying it was fairly seamless for 1inch and not very computationally intensive. Users also gained a lot from this integration, and $2 billion in volume was routed through synthetics in June. Caleb agreed saying it's really amazing how such a small change could produce such incredible results. When asked if there's any stale flow in the volume, the guest said that it's being monitored and the fills are very close with centralized exchange prices because of the incentive to arbitrage. So if a lot of the volume was stale flow, there would be a lot of recycling from synth to synth, but they said they're not seeing that because it's not profitable since the prices are competitive. currently. All the transactions are under $10 million, and the biggest barrier to further increasing transaction volume for one inch is synth liquidity on Optimism. A lot of bots are using this functionality to ARB curve pools, usually in the $50,000 to $100,000 range. And some are ARBing centralized exchanges in the $500,000 to $2 million range. Quenta users are also using this functionality, and Quenta was actually the first to integrate atomic swaps. The ambassadors and one-inch guests also discussed other topics, such as current incentives for integrators and who benefits from all these atomic swaps. So be sure to check out the recording if you missed it. And that's it for today's updates. Be sure to check out our weekly recap blog post, share this podcast link, and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear more about from SNX Weave. Thanks for listening.